Hello and welcome to Sparkle Tech, another in the series of weekly musings and mutterings from my favorite city, San Francisco. Everyone in San Francisco has it. You see people at parties having it. People have it in their homes, in their offices, at school, on the beach. Once in a while you might even overhear a pair of complete strangers on the bus having it. It has become ubiquitous. I call it the San Francisco conversation, and I promise you it's difficult to talk to someone for more than a few minutes without the subject coming up. It usually goes something like this. So, you still in that place over on Dolores Street? Yeah, nice place. So, how much rent are you paying? Or maybe it'll go like this. Did you hear that those two just bought a place in Bernal Heights? How could they possibly afford that? I wonder what their mortgage payments are. If these sound like impolite questions, they are. Just as our social mores dictate that questions about things such as sexual habits or how much one weighs are strictly off-limits, questions that relate to money are also taboo. Taboo if you live elsewhere in the country, but much like the public acknowledgement of a sex change operation, what is a social taboo in most of the rest of the country has become fair game in San Francisco. It wasn't always like this. Even though San Francisco's real estate is limited by having the ocean on one side and the bay on the other, it's never lacked for affordable housing. The hippie-fueled summer of love was made possible by the availability of cheap and run-down Victorian houses in the Haight-Ashbury neighborhood, as was the gay mecca of the Castro district just over the hill. In the 1990s, however, a catastrophe befell San Francisco from which it has yet to recover the dot-com boom. In those wild days, any monkey with a half-baked idea for a company with digital, wired, or tech in the name could print their own money. It's become a little bit of a tired cliché, but San Francisco began to experience another gold rush. A tidal wave of cash rolled in, and San Francisco became the destination for geeks, hipsters, and investors from all over the world wanting to cash in and join the party. I had a roommate at the time who had just earned an English degree in Boston, wanted to become an organic farmer, but had decided to try his luck out here as a web designer. He just wanted to earn enough money to buy a farm. That's in some ways a very typical story. The influx of young techies and techie wannabes, along with the extravagant sums of investment money pouring into the city, combined to drive real estate prices through the roof. I have vivid memories of riding from apartment to apartment trying to find a place, wading through throngs of well-dressed young people bidding double or triple what the apartment was worth just because they could. People read real estate magazines as though they were pornography. Young families, artists, and low-wage workers from the service industries were driven from the city, reducing it for a decade to a kind of shallow, glitzy Disneyland version of itself, a West Coast theme park for yuppies. At the turn of the new century, when the high-tech wave had crested and the bubble burst, there was some thought that the city might return to some semblance of normalcy, or at least what passes for that around here, and that the flood of gold seekers would return to New York or Arkansas. For the first couple years of the 21st century, the neighborhoods hit hardest by the boom became suddenly so vacant that you could almost see tumbleweeds rolling down the streets. 
The recession that followed the market crash, however, led to cuts in interest rates, which in turn led to the ongoing speculative housing boom, which has driven prices ever upward. A quick glance at a historical graph of housing costs in the city reveals that, although prices level out occasionally, they never really drop. The people who move here and can afford to buy are tending to be wealthier and wealthier, and San Francisco now has the second highest average income in the country. Housing prices are going up all around the world, but listen to this. The median price, the median price of a house in San Francisco has risen to over three quarters of a million dollars. That's just about the same as Manhattan, which for decades has boasted the most expensive real estate in the land. The rate of home ownership here is the lowest in the country because the purchase of a house is now unaffordable to 90% of the people who live here, including me. Another good friend of mine is an elementary school teacher who teaches at a great school, but who could no more afford to buy a house than she could afford a ticket to Mars. Another is an accomplished architect, another a structural engineer, but you get the idea. This is a city full of professional adults who live together as roommates, not because we love the company, but because that's the only way to make it work. Cities change. I know that. That's the only constant in the history of any city, really, and though sometimes difficult to accept, it's a simple fact. Because of the small size of San Francisco, only about 50 square miles, neighborhoods here are in constant flux. A working-class Irish district becoming Latino, a drug-ridden slum made over into a designer neighborhood, and so on. But this last decade has pushed out so many colorful multicultural components of the San Francisco stew that it's a little hard to take. But lest I become too grim, let me just say that it has remained, in spite of it all, a tremendously entertaining and vital place. The arts have managed to stage a small comeback in the last few years, by which I mean not so much the ballet or the opera, but small galleries, uh, live music, cool graffiti, that kind of thing. Many neighborhoods are doing well, and the city is still full of miscellaneous, entertaining weirdnesses. Let's just say that there's plenty of room for improvement. It occurs to me that all of this complaining that we do is really just a subtle form of bragging, of implying that you're just cool enough to live in a place like this. But the real question is, of course, is it worth it? The quality of life is high, and whatever its problems may be, it's certainly one of the most beautiful cities in the United States, if not the world. I just returned from a walk to my local cafe, and as I returned, the sight of the fog pouring over Twin Peaks, the low golden rays of the setting sun illuminating the gilded filigrees of the houses, the sight of people of every age and flavor walking their dogs, playing with their kids, reading flyers tacked to telephone poles, and so on, conspired to remind me of how much I love it here in spite of it all. And this is something that I constantly need to remind myself of, and I repeat it like a mantra. I love it here. I can't really afford it, but I just can't tear myself away. I'm not alone in this conflicted metal state, as you will certainly see when you come for a visit, and I can almost guarantee that you will be drawn into this conversation too. This endless San Francisco conversation about the cost of putting a roof over our heads. Is it a sort of morbid fascination about how bad it actually could get? Nostalgia about how great it once was? Maybe it's just the hope that we can at least find out that someone else is paying more rent than we are. 
But there's something else about this scenario that's truly crazy. This is earthquake country. Please don't panic at this news. And I hope my friends who have managed to buy property here aren't listening to this. But guess what? We shake on a regular basis. California is located directly over two overlapping continental plates. That means that most of the state, but San Francisco in particular, is shot through with earthquake faults. Fewer than a hundred years ago, our fair city was completely destroyed by such a quake, and the question about another one coming is not if, it's when. We have tiny earthquakes here on a weekly basis, most of which are absolutely harmless and pass by unnoticed. I've put a link to a fascinating website on sparkletech.com which displays a map showing both the fault lines and all of the past week's quakes. Why on earth would anyone pay a million dollars for a piece of property that is doomed, doomed I tell you, to shake itself to pieces, or live in one for that matter? That, my friends, is a question to which I do not have a satisfactory answer. People are strange. What I do know is this. For the 90% of San Franciscans who can't afford to buy a place but feel somehow compelled to stay, all we need to do is wait. The big one is coming. And it may take an earthquake to pop the housing bubble and revive the soul of San Francisco. The answer to last week's trivia question was once again submitted by Jay from Connecticut. Thanks, Jay. The Golden Gate refers not to the Golden Hills or the color of the bridge, but to a body of water in Turkey. The entrance to the San Francisco Bay from the Pacific Ocean was named the Golden Gate Strait by a topographical engineer in 1846 because it reminded him of a harbor in Istanbul called the Golden Horn. Honorable mention goes to Monica from Burgdorf in Germany. Weil ihr Antwort fast gleichzeitig wie Jays angekommen ist. Thanks for all your responses, and now prepare yourself for this week's question. It's an easy one. What is the name of the major earthquake fault that runs directly beneath the San Francisco Peninsula? Send me an email with the answer for the eternal glory of hearing your name mentioned on SparkleTech. Thanks to Equinox for supplying the music for this show, a track ironically named Terra Firma. You'll find a link to their GarageBand webpage at sparkletech.com. You can subscribe to the show through the latest version of iTunes. And please tune in again next week for a slightly less depressing and more historical show about one of San Francisco's early celebrity sweethearts. As always, your comments and feedback are greatly appreciated. Contact me at sparkletack at gmail.com or visit the webpage at sparkletack.com. Es freut mich immer etwas von euch zu hören. Till next time.